0: to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness success and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality to access post podcast discussions insights and further resources visit Rajana.com forward slash stay grounded so thanks for joining me today now let's get to grinding welcome to another episode of Episode 15, to be exact, of the Stay Grounded podcast. Oh, man, this week's guest is going to <sighs> I'm just going to take a deep breath before I get into this, because I'm so excited to introduce this person. So this week's guest is somebody that I've personally uh, studied and looked up to and have been inspired by on my journey to create Java Press and just a better life for myself. Um, I've been following him for a while. His book changed my life and uh, it's also changed the lives of millions of people around the world. Um, this week's guest is Hal Elrod. So, for those of you who don't know who Hal is, Hal is the author of the best selling book Miracle Morning. Um, he's somebody who has beat death twice uh, to live and tell the tale. Um, everything from horrific car accidents to beating cancer and 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 just such a positive upbeat guy i mean i am i'm really inspired by him and miracle morning was was truly the foundation for us creating java press and doing what we do with it today so i'm super excited to get started with him but before we do I would love if you could leave a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen on. Um, I would love for you to subscribe. Uh, Your subscription and your review helps me learn more about what you like, and it helps others who don't know anything about the show come into our world and be a part of this amazingness we're creating. So uh, anyways, let's get started. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host Raj Jana and oh man am I excited uh beyond excited to uh bring on today's guest. Uh this is an individual that I personally look up to and uh pulled a lot of inspiration from as I was starting my own company and building up my own positive habits and routines. Uh so without further ado, um Hal Elrod, Mr. Hal, how are you?
1: Raj, man, I'm doing well and I love your enthusiasm, so I'm ready to, to try to match it. so look, looking forward to this, buddy. Well,
0: I uh, just by the way, you just responded to me, I'm super pumped. Um, uh-huh. So uh, yeah, before uh, before I uh, we get started into everything, I'd love uh, for I'm, I'm sure there's many of our listeners who actually uh, have read some of your work or have been involved in in a lot of things you've done. but for those who aren't, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself and give a a quick uh, synopsis of of who you are, what you do and and what you're about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My um, and I warned you before the, the podcast, I'm long-winded, so I'll do my best here <laughs> to, to be concise uh, when I give this overview, and then we can dive in in any direction that you want. But um, So uh, here's kind of the cr- chronology. When I was 15 years old, I, I started DJing on the radio, and I got the nickname Yo, Pal, Hal. That was my, my radio uh, moniker. Yo, pal, how uh, on 97.1 FM. So that's kind of how I started. And, uh, and then at 19, I started selling Cutco cutlery and never thought I'd be a salesperson, but it just a friend of mine introduced me to the company and it turned into a six year career where I became a Hall of Fame uh, sales rep for, for Cutco. Wow. And that- then in the midst of that, about a year and a half into my Cutco career, I was hit head on by a drunk driver driving home from a, giving a, a speech at a conference. And I was hit head-on at 70 to 80 miles an hour, uh, and my car was sent in oncoming traffic, and another car hit me right in my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour. And I actually broke 11 bones in an instant. Uh, I was clinically dead for six minutes at the scene of the accident, and six days later, I came out of a coma to be told I would never walk again and uh just kind of decided that that was not the fate i was going to accept and yeah. uh i two a, a week after i was i came out of the coma the doctors said they thought i was in denial because i was so happy and positive and joking around and making them laugh and they said that was just not normal for a young man being told he's never going to walk again but I, I believed i could walk again and a week later um they came in with routine x-rays and they said we know how to explain this but your body is healing so quickly we're actually going to let you take your first step tomorrow in therapy. Wow. So I went from never walking again to three weeks after the crash, after I broke my femur and my pelvis and all this. And then um, kind of fast forward uh, to uh, to very recently, well, or 2012, I wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And uh, that has changed more people's lives than I ever Thought it would, or it really ever even imagined it could, yeah. And it's it's been uh, it's being practiced by roughly 500,000 people around the world in over 100 countries, and uh, that is kind of my life's work. And and then most recently, um, I uh, about a year ago, I was diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer. I was given a 30 percent chance of living, which you know, for all of, all of us mathematicians, that's a 70 percent chance of dying, it's not not. <laughs> not very good. And, uh, yeah. and I had to apply, you know, similar mindsets as I did when I had my car accident. Uh, of course my first, my first thought was I looked up to the sky and was like, God, what, what, whoa, whoa what am I, what, what, you know, like I already died in a car crash. What in the hell am I supposed to learn now? Yeah. And, uh, granted, uh, the answer was a lot. And, uh, and so that's been the last year of my life has been the most challenging and, and really the best year of my life in terms of growth and, um, about three months ago, I was given a clean bill of health and, um, I, uh, you know, beat those, those odds and, and, uh, and, and cancer free. So that, that, that leads us up to today. Uh, Hal, just before I say
0: anything, uh, congratulations, um, Thank you, I'm beyond, Thank- beyond happy for you and, uh, and for all the lives you've changed. I'm, I'm so glad that, that, that you're healthy, happy and, and, and here with us, man. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I kind of have so many questions to ask. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with, uh, you know, you've got you for lack of better words, you've beaten death twice yeah, um, yeah. Or, or, or the odds have been against you uh, twice in your life. And you're sitting here today. Um, you know what? And, and and I want to talk about your first experience um, where where you went from never being able to walk again to. Uh, within a week, being able to being able to walk, um, or at least you know start start recovering or on the path back. What can you go through your mindset at the time? You know, what were you telling yourself? What what type of you know? Because I imagine you, there's probably a lot of negativity around you, um, sure. in and just the circumstances or or people looking at you and and kind of either feeling sorry or you know like how do you sort of how did you sort of manifest? this reality for yourself when, when it seemed like the odds were all against you.
1: So it it actually, it stems back and and what I'll share with you guys, you you guys and gals, everybody listening um, is uh, this is one of the most valuable lessons that I've ever learned in my life. And I I share it anytime I give a speech, Uh, I always share this because it's been so powerful. And um, the, the lesson is, is around, well, I'll, I'll kind of share with you how this came about the, the, the doctors thought I was in denial. I mentioned that. And they called my parents in. I was 20 years old. They called my parents in and they sat them down and they said, we want to talk about Hal's emo- mental and emotional state. We believe he's delusional in denial. This is actually common, they said, for accident victims that are being told, you know, that have a, a fate such as you're, they're never going to walk again, that they can't accept their reality. So they just check out. like they just They, they just kind of, you know, like just throw their hands up. Either you know, literally or, or or metaphorically, and they they just pretend like everything's okay because it, the alternative is is facing the painful reality that they are now faced with, yeah. and so that's what the doctors thought. And they they actually they asked my my want my parents to come and talk to me and find out how I was you know quote really feeling. End quote. Um, and uh, and get to the bottom of it, and get me to admit that I was really scared, or, or angry, or you know, depressed, or whatever these emotions were that I was covering up. And my dad came in and explained the the doctor's prognosis and their concerns, and um, he asked me how I was really feeling. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I thought you knew me better than that. And and you know and, and he I mean and poor guy I mean he's you know he's he's he, his face is red he's like his eyes are welled up he's trying yeah. not to cry and I, I mean I could tell he was very concerned but I said dad remember I live my life by the five minute rule and this was something I learned in my cutco sales training about a year and a half prior and I said dad remember the five minute rule says when things go wrong it's okay to be negative but not for more than five minutes. There's no value in dwelling on something that is out of our control, whether it happened five decades ago, five days ago, five hours ago, five minutes ago. And I said, Dad, I was in a car accident two weeks ago. My five minutes is up. I can't change that I was in a car accident, but I get to choose how I experience my recovery. And I've decided that it would make the most sense to be the happiest and the most grateful that I've ever been while I go through the most difficult time in my life. And for anybody listening, I'd love for you to pause and think about that for a second. Like what's, um, you know, what is a circumstance in your life that has caused you pain or causes you pain? Because we think it's the thing with the circumstance, the challenge, the adversity, that the pain. We think that's what's causing us pain, but it's not the thing outside of us. It's our response internally To the thing, whatever that thing is, whatever that challenge is. So it has very little to do with what's going on around us and everything to do with what's going on inside of us. And here's here's really the kind of the foundation of the lesson. And that is that every negative emotion that you have ever felt in your life or could ever feel is self-created and it is self-created by our resistance to our reality. In other words, when something happens, to the degree that we wish it didn't happen, to the degree that we we push against it, we, we resist it, we we deem it unfair, unjust, bullshit, whatever you want to call it, yeah. it, determines the degree of emotional pain that we create for ourselves. And the opposite of resistance is acceptance. So that means the key to being free from emotional pain, and I'm telling you, you literally can uh, this 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 unlocks the door to what I call emotional freedom which is freedom from emotional pain. And the key is acceptance. So once I decided, I can't change that I was in a car accident. And if the doctors are right, and I'm in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, then I'm in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And I can either choose to be the most happiest, grateful human being on the planet in a wheelchair, or I could be a disgruntled victim in that wheelchair. Either way, I'm living in a freaking wheelchair, and I can either be happy because of life, or I can be depressed. And so, again, if you're listening, what is your wheelchair? What is that circumstance that causes you emotional pain in your life, whether it's currently happening? It happened yesterday or it happened when you were a kid, but that you deemed unfair, you deemed unjust. And so, therefore, you think that you have to resist it. And and I'm I'm here to tell you that whether you're hit head on by a drunk driver and told you'll never walk again, you're diagnosed with cancer and you're given a 30 percent chance of of living, or you hit traffic in the morning when you don't want to hit traffic, the key to emotional freedom is unconditional acceptance of your life as it is, not wishing it were any different than it can be, but making it the way you want it to be. See, that's an important distinction is, yep. this isn't where you throw your hands up and go, well, I can't change it, everything in life is as it is, and I'm just gonna accept it. No, 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 no. Change what you can change, accept what you can. And a real easy distinction around that is anything that's ever happened to you in the past, unless you're Marty McFly with the DeLorean, you can't go back in time and change it. (laughs) So the only intelligent choice that we have is to accept it fully and be at peace with it. And then when you're at peace, you can choose the emotions that will best serve you in any given set of circumstances.
0: Love the DeLorean reference uh, for starters, <laughs> cool. um, but uh, no, I think that's so powerful, man. Uh, and I wanted to dive uh, uh, just one point on there um, for those who, I mean, it's, uh, you'd been, pra- you practice, this is, this is a practice, right? It's not something that's going to happen overnight. No. Um, In go- fact,
1: I actually made, and I, I, I made a, when I first had this realization kind of after the car accident, um, I came up I with these three words, which were kind of in tune with that five-minute rule that I mentioned. And the three words are can't change it. Yeah. And whenever I would have something happen and I'd find myself upset over it, again, whether it was traffic, you know, sitting in traffic going, oh, no, damn it, not today. i, I, I got to be on time. I want to be late. Traffic. I, I don't want traffic right now. And I would realize, wait, I'm creating emotional pain over the pace of the cars in front of me. That doesn't make sense. Like, well, I'm stuck in the car for 30 minutes. Either way, I can either enjoy those 30 minutes or I can be stressed out. In fact, the way I like to say it is that in life, and this is where the acceptance thing makes the difference, is if you resist, you're stressed out. If you accept, you can be blissed out, right? So you can choose to live every Mm. moment of life, whether it's in traffic or sitting at home or in your office or at work or at a funeral, whatever, you can be stressed out or you can be blissed out. And that's a choice that we all have.
0: I love that. I, I stressed out or blissed out. I'm gonna put that on my wall. Hal, <laughs> Boom. Uh. yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Um, so you know, it, for, like I said, you know, for for people who haven't, who 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 don't have this mastered yet, what are some things that you recommend? And this probably dives into a bit on just your book, The Miracle Morning. But you know, what are some things that people can do every day to 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 essentially nurture this skill set or this muscle, so that when things do go wrong. They can call on it the way you did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, and what, what you know, whatever we focus on becomes our reality. You yeah. know, if you focus on all the bad in the world, like if all you do all day is watch the news, you're going to be like, man, our planet's falling apart, our government's a mess. You know what I mean? Like that. Yep. But and, and and that's all could be true. But life is as good or as bad as you choose to you know see it as. Right. And in fact, like here's a kind of a a, 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 a little tangent, which is people that complain a lot, you know, people that you'd call, maybe call negative people, they often justify their complaining by saying, I'm not negative, I'm just realistic. Mm. And, and I would say to those people, really, how is it any more realistic for you to choose to focus on, think about, dwell on, talk about negative things in, in the world, in your life, that make you feel bad? How is that an ounce more realistic than for us to choose to focus on, think about, talk about, dwell on all of the positive things in life, because both mm-hmm. are equally realistic. Yeah. One is not more than the other. Life is, you know, the world is a mess and the world is amazing. And there are people that are selfish and greedy and negative and kill people. And there are people that are fantastic and amazing and selfless and, and give of their selves. you know, right. Both are real. Yeah. But you got to choose what reality do you want to live in. And it doesn't mean that you deny the negative or, you know, you whatever. But it means that you accept it as it is. You make peace with it. And then you put your energy and attention into the things that make, you know, make you feel good. And so the way to condition that is through daily focus. And the simplest way to do that is daily affirmations. And yeah, that's, a, you know, one of the six practices of the Miracle Morning is affirmations. Yep. Yep. And I'll give a quick so – affirmations have a bad rap and they have been ineffective for people or people just dismissed them as even something that you, that would work for, I think a couple of reasons. Number one is if you remember the uh, Saturday night live in the nineties, I think it was the nineties. There was a long time ago. There was a skit, Stuart Smalley. It was a recurring skit on SNL and Stuart Smalley would look in a mirror and it was called the, the show. His little show was called like positive affirmations with Stuart Smalley, mm. and he look in the mirror, and he would he would go, I'm with a list. He would say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. So he really kind of made a mockery of affirmations, right? Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of where a lot of the world and our pop culture was introduced to affirmations. But then, if you actually dive in, like with with a lot of these self help gurus out there, they t- they teach affirmations in one of two ways. Number one is to lie to yourself. And number two is to use this kind of flowery passive language and neither of these are effective. So people have heard this, either they've dismissed it from the start or they try it and it doesn't do anything for them. So they, they, they go affirmations don't work. So when I say lying to yourself, what I mean is, uh, one of the most popular form of affirmations is I am statements. It's taught that, you know, the two most powerful words in the English language are I am because they shape your identity. So whatever you want to be, Just put the words, I am in front of them, and then affirm it every single day until you trick yourself into believing it. So you wanna be a millionaire, just say, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, over and over and over again, until you believe it, and then you can start to, you can become it, right? So theoretically, that's great, but the problem is, lying to ourselves is never the optimum strategy, right? If you say, I am a millionaire, but you're not a millionaire, then your truth is going to say, no, you're not, every time. And you're fighting with truth anytime you affirm something that isn't true. Yeah. So lying to yourself is never going to be the optimum strategy. The second is flowery passive language. I'll give you an example of a, a financial affirmation, a money affirmation that's been taught you know, for, I don't, I don't know how long, decades. Um, and it's <clears throat> money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance. Now, the reason some people like saying that affirmation is if you're poor and you say that and you close your eyes and you smile and you imagine money flowing to you effortlessly in in abundance, it feels good. So people might do that affirmation and they go, God, I feel good. Like my money problems will be over soon. But what I would love to do is I'd love to take a, a focus group of people that just say that affirmation every day and then at the end of a year go, how much more money do you have? They go, well, none, but I feel really good when I say my affirmation, yeah. right? See, for me, I want results. And I think most people want results. Like I want an affirmation that gets me more money if that's a money affirmation. I want you know if I'm trying to get in better shape, I want an affirmation where when I look in the mirror after saying that affirmation for two weeks, I've actually I'm actually in better shape. Yeah. And so the way that affirmations, uh, the way that I teach them in the miracle morning, and the way that I think they're a lot more effective is you've got to base them in reality and base them in truth and base them in action. So, hmm. uh, so the way that I hear, there's kind of four parts to, to, to creating affirmations. And so around what I just taught, uh, you know, your question was, how does somebody embody this philosophy? And it's, you write it into an affirmation, you read it every single day, and then it goes from being an idea that you heard on a podcast one day that you completely forgot, like most ideas that most people hear on most podcasts because they never write them down, Yep, it goes from being an idea on a podcast To being something that's ingrained in your subconscious and part of who you are and your new reality and how you think. So here are the four things. Number one is affirm what you are committed to. So not what you want, not your dream or your goal. Now, 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 granted, yes, it's what you want, your dream and your goal, but you're affirming it in the you're using language that says I am committed to blank. So instead of saying I am a millionaire, you say I am committed to becoming a millionaire. And of course, you know, you can get real specific and go by, you know, the end of 2019, right? So, number 1 is what are you committed to? Number 2 is why is that important? To you? So, we've all heard, you know, Simon Sinek talk about the power of why and that, you know, the why is what gives us leverage to do what's necessary to achieve what we want even when we don't feel like it because our why is strong enough right if your why yep. is rooted in a deep purpose of you know your your purpose or supporting your family or whatever right now now your goals have leverage uh, and the third part is what you're committed to doing to ensure that you achieve what it is that you are affirming right yeah so what's the action that you're gonna take so if you want to become a millionaire by blank date, because you want to give your family, uh, you know, financial freedom. Well, what are you committed to doing? And you might not know the specifics. So when you first write the affirmation, the affirmation might say, I'm committed to spending one hour a day, five days a week on figuring out how to become a millionaire, right? That's fine. That's fine. And your affirmations, as you learn, grow and evolve, your affirmations should learn or not learn, but they should grow and evolve as well. Like my affirmations are always they're done on my phone. They're done in an app called Google Keep and I edit them all the time. I mean, yep. anytime I'm reading an affirmation. I'm like, oh, I just thought of something else or "Ooh, I thought of a better way to say that or I don't like the way that sounds or, or a lot of times I'm reading a book and I'll read a quote and I'll be like, "Ooh, that really is in alignment with what I've been affirming every day around being the best husband that I can be. And so then I'll go and I'll update my affirmations. So I have affirmations around being a dad, being a husband, being cancer-free for the rest of my life, you know, my business, et cetera, my fitness, you name it. I've got affirmations in every area of my life. Um, and uh, and the, the fourth part is the win. So once you've affirmed what you're committed to achieving or creating in your life, why that's important to you, what specifically you will do to ensure that you eventually reach that objective and then the fourth part is when, when will you take that action? So again, I mentioned, if you say I'm going to one hour a week, five days a week from, you know, 8am to 9am, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So you can take any goal that you have, any dream, any any objective, and you can filter it through that four, that four part formula and create affirmations that are rooted in truth, that reinforce your commitment, that, that clarify the action that's necessary to get there. And then when specifically you're, you're committed to taking those actions. And now you're affirming, you're using affirmations in a way that are really keeping you focused and on track to achieve everything that you want uh, in your life.
0: I love that, Hal. And I appreciate you going into so much detail on your own process. Do you feel like affirmations, um, I've always felt like the more I focus my attention on an affirmation, I start to notice or subconsciously attract some of the results or some of those quotes or some of these observations. How do you feel like the universe sort of responds to affirmations and why do you think that's so powerful?
1: Yeah, that, that's something that, you know, that, that the esoteric kind of uh, like the secret, for example, the law of attraction, yep. all of that. Um, I, I, I do believe in that. Um, I, uh, I, you know, it's just a little harder to, it's a little harder to explain, yeah. right? It's a little less yeah, tangible. Of course. Um, so, uh, you know, I just will, so, so here's one of my favorite quotes that kind of speaks to that is the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right. And, and I find that to be true that when you fully commit to a goal and you give it everything you have, regardless of the results, even if you're not on track for the goal, you, you, you put forth extraordinary effort, you maintain unwavering faith, you know, and you give it everything you have. Even if you don't reach the goal, first of all, more often than not, you reach the goal. Yep. When you don't reach the goal, there tends to be a, 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 an underlying reason for that. Sometimes it, it might be that, oh, I needed to learn how to not make that mistake again so that I never make it. right. Like I made a mistake that prevented me from reaching my goal, but the value of being aware of that mistake and learning it and then applying it for the rest of your life right, yep. is, is probably – you know, many times more valuable than if you'd hit that one goal. Like I hit one goal. I, if you learn a lesson that serves you for the rest of your life, there's a lot of value in that. So, so uh, yeah, I've just found that the, the harder I work, the luckier I get, the more I maintain unwavering faith that I can achieve the things that I'm working towards. And I put forth that extraordinary effort. It's like forces beyond what, you know, we would ever be able to predict come to our aid and, and, you know, and, 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 and make kind of make miracles happen, if you will. In fact, I have a, um, I wrote myself a, a check. I just, I just looked at this yesterday. It's on my, uh, uh kind of well, on, my, on my vision board. It's on my gratitude board now, but I wrote myself a check, um, for a, an advance for a uh, hundred thousand dollar advance from a major publisher. So that was my dream was to get a hundred thousand dollar advance from a major publisher. And if I would have gotten that, I would have made very little money after that, right? Mm-hmm. You, like with a major publisher, you don't get much money after. But that was but back when I wrote that checked myself, it was you know like ten years ago, it was a dream. Well, that book that I was referring to, which is the Miracle Morning, has earned, I think over two million dollars in royalties. I self-published it <laughs> and it earned over two million dollars. So I have that if as a reminder, it's kind of like that Garth Brooks song. That's you know, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, right? So it's just a reminder not to get fixated on what we think that we want and to always stay open that there may be something even better. So it's up there. So whenever I look at my goals, I try to not, because sometimes we limit ourselves by our goals, right? Like we set goals that we're confident that we can achieve and that creates actually a little bit of a box around us and some limitations that, well, that's, that's, that's my ceiling, Right. And so that is a reminder to me that that the universe or life or whatever, you you know, God, whatever, whatever higher power you believe in, yeah. um, that, that there is more available to us than we even imagine is possible. Because most of us have very limiting beliefs and our thinking is very limited based on our past experience. So, we, can't, we can only imagine so big. You know, it's one of the hardest things to do is to see ourselves as better than we've ever been before. Yeah. We tend to, we suffer from, in, in the Miracle Morning book, I call it rear view mirror syndrome, where we tend to have this subconscious, this, this rear view mirror in our subconscious, and it constantly is looking backward to see, who was I before? Well, how do I usually respond to this? And we tend to stay the same in our little box because we, we, we just see ourselves as we've always been. Yeah. And so that, that, that check, you know, that little I wrote to myself up on my board reminds me that, hey, more is possible for me, more is possible for every single one of you than you have yet to even imagine.
0: What, uh, I love that. Thank you, thank you for that, Hal. I, I've always felt like looking backwards um, if you look backwards with a sense of gratitude, you you tend to find more strength than 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 suffering. What what are your thoughts on on gratitude and how it plays a part in this entire sort of mindset routine that you've you've, you've brilliantly created for yourself and the world?
1: Yeah, gratitude is a uh, is is I I think you know for me it's the center like a very it's the centerpiece of my life. It's how I show up to everything. Right. Yeah. So when I got cancer, I was I was thanking God for the cancer, saying, I don't understand why I got this. I don't understand. You know, I don't fully get what the plan is here uh, for me. However, uh, because I maintain unwavering faith that everything, you know, that that, that, I, that everything can and, and typically will work out. Um, I am grateful for whatever growth I am going to experience for, from this cancer. And so you think about it. I would imagine that most people probably aren't grateful when they are, are, when they get cancer and they're given a 30% chance of living. Yeah. Right. And, and you have to realize that that that's a choice. It, you know, for me, it was a, it's a conscious choice to be grateful for everything in my life. And the reality is the bigger, the adversity, typically the bigger, the advantage, right. Mm, typically, yeah. you know, the, the, the right. The, the harder it, whatever you have to overcome, the more difficult it is. Well, then the better you become by overcoming it, right? You know, on the other side of our adversity is a better version of ourselves. It's a version of ourselves that we typically haven't even met yet unless we've already overcome an adversity, the similar or the same, right? So for me, gratitude is the lens that I try to view the past, the present, and the future through.
0: I God, man, you're speaking my language right now. (laughs) Um, I I love that. I mean, we've, you know, uh, even with, with our own, I mean, we we essentially teach the Miracle Morning with a coffee routine. And, you know, for me, every time I'm grinding my coffee, gratitude ends up being the one thing that I, I focus on for, for five to six minutes. Nice. And I can't tell you how much that changes the course of the day. It, it changes the course of every conversation I have. I just feel better about life. And it. you're right. It is a conscious choice to feel grateful. Um, and I want to segue that into, um, you know, your own personal routine. So what are, what are some of your non-negotiables every day? Like some of your daily non-negotiables that no matter what you're doing, I mean, you're a, you're a sought after speaker and I imagine you travel a lot, you know, so whether you're traveling or whether you're at home, what's, what's, what's one thing that you try to focus on every day so that, that you can be your best.
1: Yeah. Um, uh expressing gratitude to my family is is probably my number one non-negotiable so no matter where i'm at in the world or on the road you know yep. um is making sure my kids know and my wife knows how much i love them and i'm grateful and it's to the point where my daughter is always she's like i know dad you're <laughs> grateful for me and you love me but when she's you know 18 19 years old and she's alone in her college dorm and you know she's scared or lonely or hurt or whatever Uh, she'll, you know, she'll never question, you know, whether or not her dad loves her to super grateful for her. Um, so that's really, that's one non-negotiable. And then, and then the, uh, I'd say the other is healthy eating. Um, healthy eating has been a non-negotiable for me for, you know, for 10 years or something. I've I've eaten healthy for a long time, which is why when I got my cancer, I was like, what, how is that even possible? (laughs) Like I ate the the healthiest diet I know is humanly possible, you know, Uh, a plant-based diet or whatever. So so that's another non-negotiable for me, um, which and it makes it really hard when I, if I give a speech in like North Dakota or like, yeah. like a really small area, you know, it's like Applebee's is like the healthiest choice they have, which is not super healthy. Um, and then, uh, and then last is, you know, the, or I, I would almost say first, but is the miracle morning. And, uh, for me, I've been doing the miracle morning. I probably averaged five out of seven days for the last, uh, 2009, it's so about eight years. Um, and assuming that is a, you know, that, that's one of my biggest non-negotiables is doing the miracle morning. And specifically the, 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 the miracle morning is made up of six practices and the, there's an acronym for those six practices. The acronym is savers S A V E R S or these are the life savers as in the six practices meant to save you, uh, on missing out on the a life of your full potential. And the, uh, the, the savers are – I'll run through them real quick. Um, S, the first S is for silence, so that's meditation and or prayer. Uh, Since so it's starting your day, you know, rushing out the door chaos with chaos, yes. right? You start with silence, and you have that peaceful, purposeful silence that allows you to get grounded. It allows some of your best ideas to come in uh, to play. It allows you to tap into the infinite intelligence uh, et cetera, et cetera. The A is for affirmations. And we went very in depth on those. So I didn't say much about that. Um, the V is for visualization. And I will just say real quick, similar to affirmations, visualization has been taught, I think, in an ineffective way where these self-help gurus, which I, I probably am considered one of those, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> but, but those of, of the past would teach you to visualize um, the the perfect end result. And um, meaning the perfect end result being uh, if you want to be a millionaire, you know, picture yourself in a mansion. Right. And, and make a vision board and, and put pictures of the mansion and the Ferrari and all that on your vision board. Well, the problem is that they've actually done research where um, studies have shown it's actually counterproductive to do that, because what happens is you convince your subconscious that those things are going to happen and they might not happen. Kind of like money flows to me effortlessly in abundance, like no it doesn't. You have to actually put effort forth, right? You have yeah. to work typically. Most people that are millionaires, unless they inherited it, they actually had to work their butt off, you know, yep. to generate that kind of wealth. They had to generate value for the world and that was reciprocated in, in you know, financial gain. So affirm, or visualization, uh, visualizing the end result, like crossing the finish line of a marathon or whatever, There's value in that, in in that it it helps you believe it's possible. So if you don't believe you can run a marathon, but you start visualizing every day you're running a marathon, well, you'll start to actually convince your subconscious that you can run that marathon because you see it. But you can't end your visualization there. You've got to bring it to the present day. The most valuable, if you want to run a marathon, for example... The most valuable thing you could visualize is not crossing the finish line. Yes, visualize that for like a minute every day and see it and kind of go, okay, yeah, I, I feel it, it's real, I can do it. But that's like a minute, literally 60 seconds of visualizing the end result. And then the best the best bang for your buck with visualization is visualizing yourself lacing up your running shoes yep. that morning. Lace, visualize yourself running out the front door, see yourself with a smile on your face especially if you're like me and you hate running. I hate running. So when I was training for, I did an ultra marathon, I visualized myself enjoying the run. And what that did is it created the emotional experience in my mind and body uh, during my miracle morning. Then when it was actually time to go for that run. I was that much more compelled to run because in my mind, I had already created, and in my imagination – that it was a pleasant experience, that I actually went for a run that day and that I enjoyed it. And that got me to run. So if you need to, you can use that strategy of visualization for sales calls, for athletics, for, you know, intergaging with your kids. Imagine your kid, guess what? Kids don't listen. So (laughs) visualize your kids not listening and then visualize how you're going to handle that in a calm, peaceful, optimal way that benefits your kids and you, not out of anger or emotion, right? So you can use visualization for anything. Um, And then to wrap this up, the E is for exercise. And I'm not saying that you need to go to the gym in the morning, if you go to the gym in the afternoon, whatever, that's fine, but do seven minute workout. It's a great app, seven minutes, Mm -hmm. it gets your blood flowing. In In the Miracle Morning book, I do a six minute, I teach a six minute Miracle Morning where One minute for each of these practices and and like exercise, if you do one minute of jumping jacks in the morning, you'll feel like three times more energized, alert, awake. You'll have more clarity of thinking because of the blood and oxygen that gets to your brain from 60 seconds of exercise. Yeah. Uh, the R in Savers is for reading, and, and I believe we're all one self-help book away or one business book away from learning any idea that we need that can you know, set us free or, or to the next level. And the final S is for scribing, which is a fancy word for writing, and that's essentially journaling. I personally use a journaling app called the 5-Minute Journal app. Um, that's my favorite journaling app. And I'll, I'll wrap this up, <coughs> Roz, by saying this. Robert Kiyosaki – who wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that sold 26 million copies, so one of the most successful authors of all time, yeah. uh, he reached out to me and said, I've read The Miracle Morning three times, it's changed my life, I do it every day, which blew my mind, it still blows my mind when I say it, yeah. <laughs> um, but, at the, but he interviewed me on The Rich Dad Radio Show, and at the end of the interview, he said it better than I had ever said it or heard it, and he said, "How? what makes The Miracle Morning so powerful is the six practices that are the savers. He said, those are the six most timeless, proven personal development practices known to man. And he said, and I, I would be willing to bet that just about every successful person on the planet swears by at least one of the savers. He said, "But I have never heard of or met anyone that did even two or three, you know even three of them, let alone all six of them. And he said, that's why the miracle morning, I believe, is so life changing, why it's changed my life, why I do it every day is because any one of those six practices can transform your life. But when you're doing when you're harnessing the benefits and the power of all six of the most proven personal development practices in the history of humanity. He said that's the alt, you know, ultimate morning, and of course I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it's essentially what he said is you know, that that's the ultimate morning ritual. And so uh, I would like to can't say better than Robert did, but I think that really does encapsulate why the miracle morning is so powerful, because all six practices, and you can do them in any order you want. The book has a chapter on customizing the miracle morning yep, yep. to fit your lifestyle, and you could do them in as little as six minutes a day. And that's not a gimmick, that's legitimately in six minutes a day, and most people do. 30 to 60 minutes a day, but anywhere in between, uh, you know, it can be effective. I, uh, Hal,
0: I just want to give you a big hug right now. Um, wow, so just, just pretend a big e-hug coming your way, Total man. Hug, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, this, and, and, and for everybody listening, you know, I, I've read the miracle morning. Um, I'm a fan. I actually implement, uh, I do my best to implement all of them every day. Uh, but, uh, and I, and I, I do, I think about four out of seven days is, is about a consistent practice for me. Um, but regardless, I, I mean, especially exercise, uh, exercise in the morning is, is almost like my non-negotiable, uh, it, 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 it changes my life, but no, um, how this is, this was so amazing, man. And I have, a, I I think one final question that I wanted to sort of ask you, um, oh. you seem like somebody who's, who's, who's so rooted in your Why? Um, and, and I, you've achieved so much in in your life, you know, in the midst of all your successes, achievements, how do you stay grounded in that? Why? And, and, and how do you do it so consistently, um, over time?
1: You know, a a big part of it, I think is that I've affirmed it for, you know, for so long, right. Um, you know, to go back to affirmations, I mean, I really, I, 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 my affirmations are you become, them in fact, that's how I discovered affirmations is I was Googling, uh, um, best personal development practices and I came across an interview where Ellen DeGeneres was interviewing Will Smith and she asked him how he became one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. And he said self-affirmations. He said, and I think he said he was 15 when he started doing them. But he basically he said he said everything that I am today, everything that I have today, everything that I do today, he said I've been affirming it for, you know, decades. And he said, and and when you affirm it over and over and over you just be, you start to live into your affirmations. So for me, my why, my purpose, all of that—that's all in my affirmation. So let, let me actually clarify. When I gave you that formula, the four ways to create an affirmation, yeah. that's kind of the basis. But I have affirmations that just remind me. Like my first affirmation is "Smile, my life is perfect." Uh, I love that. That's my first affirmation. That has nothing to do with a goal. It has nothing to do. with right? There's no why. Yeah. It's just, it just right, but. It, every morning it reminds me like oh because usually you wake up with like stress from the day before you know it's like it's it, it's it's hanging on you and different you know it's either in your in your shoulders or it's in your mind right it's in your spirit there's some sort of you know we often take stress with us from one day to the next and that is kind of like an instant just like dude hey by the way this is life smile it's perfect you're alive you made it it's great right <laughs> That, that, that's how I start the day, and I just that's my first affirmation. So I just wanted to tell everyone that you know an affirmation. That formula isn't the only way to do affirmations, but it's the majority of my affirmations start with that formula, and then they kind of grow and expand, and you know, and then I add, you know, I add dessert to the right to the meal, and yeah. you know, I mean whatever, but but, uh, but yeah. So so that's how I that's how I stay rooted and grounded is I just I affirm every day. I remind myself every day, and that is by the way affirmations in the simplest form all an affirmation is, is a reminder of what matters most to you. Right. So I have an affirmation that talks about that. My mission in my marriage is to make my wife's life amazing. Every single day, do something to make her life amazing. Now my am perfect at it, of course not. Um, but I affirm it every day. I read it. And, and, and like, like last night, for example, um, I knew she had a busy day. So I, I made normally she makes dinner and, you know, does, and puts the kids to bed at night. Um, I made dinner and I put the kids or most of dinner and, and made the kid and put the kids to bed and, you know, did a bunch of stuff. So that was my way of making her life amazing. Sometimes it's, you know, taking her out on a date. Sometimes it's, you know, a lot of times it's just doing the dishes when she's tired or whatever. Yeah. Right? The kids to bed. You know, but here's the thing. If Raj, if I didn't affirm every day that I was committed to make my wife's life amazing, to do at least one thing that day, guess what I would forget to do more often than not? Make her life amazing. You yep. know I forget. Right. Yep. So in the, in the simplest form, an affirmation is a reminder of what matters most to you. And when you read that every day, you, you, you it doesn't drop from your consciousness. You don't forget it. You don't lose sight of it. You stay focused on what matters most to you and focus on doing the things that are required to create the results and the outcomes in your life and in your business that matter most to you.
0: God, uh, that's and that's so powerful. Uh, that, that, that's so powerful, especially with you using affirmations for even the simplest things like your own happiness or, uh, or something that kicks off a feeling of gratitude. Um, man, I, I, I love that. And I know that our audience, uh, for everybody listening here, I hope you've enjoyed the, the, the pal that is Hal, um, and <laughs> in, in all of his, his glory, uh, Hal, I just want to take another moment to say, thank you so much. For for sharing everything you've shared, man. Um, if if anyone in our audience, obviously Miracle Morning, you guys can find that on Amazon. And and um, but if they wanted to to be a part of your world, get in touch with you. I mean, are there any resources that you think? How would somebody be able to find you?
1: Yeah, um, my, my website is my name, Hal Elrod, H A L E L R O D dot com. Um, you can get a hold of me through that. And then, uh, but I'd invite everybody to join the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. And it is it is arguably the most engaged uh, and supportive online community in the world. Um, we have 133,000 members in there now, from over 100 countries, and all organic. We don't run Facebook ads. That is every single person in there uh, either has read the Miracle Morning book and they joined by because there's an invitation in the book, or. They, you know, a friend said, "Oh my gosh, you have to be part of this group." But it is one of the most beautiful, loving, non-judgmental, supportive communities online or offline that I've ever seen. So if you go to the Miracle Morning, or if you go to Facebook, type in the Miracle Morning community, or I think there's, yeah, there's a URL that redirects. It's uh, my TMM So M Y T M M, as in the Miracle Morning, MyTMMCommunity.com. And uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to come check that out. And I, I go in there almost every day and, and and like and love posts and comment and give you know suggestions and advice. I try to go in there uh, on, on a daily basis. So,
0: Hal, I love your life, brother. Thank you for who you are and all the value you continue providing uh, through your resources and and just by who you are. Uh, I, I can't say how grateful I am just to be having this conversation with you. And uh, I'm grateful for everything you shared. Um, so yeah thank you man
1: Raj you're, you're welcome brother thank you for your leadership and, and making this happen if it wasn't for you we would not be having this conversation
0: so well, thank you brother <laughs> I appreciate it well I appreciate that so everybody uh, that's a wrap for another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast again I'm your host Raj Jana. and until next time stay grounded thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company my name is Raj And I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code podcast for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.